I'm Amy Lettingham. I'm a master certified dating and relationship coach. And I'm Kevin Lettingham, Amy's husband and a former reality and docuseries TV producer director. And together we want to welcome you to Sex, Love, and Mindful Dating. In today's show, we're going to focus on what's happening to the couples and their relationships as they get to know each other in person on vacation in Cancun. And we're going to compare and contrast the reality of their budding new relationships with being a cast member in the Love is Blind TV series. By the way, if you like our show and would like to hear more of them, the best way to make that happen is by hitting the subscribe button and giving us a five-star review. It really helps. Thank you. So we're in episode four and the couples are out of the pods now. They're meeting each other. They're in Cancun. All this romance is going on. Yeah. As a former reality TV producer, I just have a quick question for you. How much of it's produced and how much of it is reality? Well, it's interesting because I, I do think the experiment part in the pods was was brilliant and it did have an authenticity that no other show has ever had. But now we're getting into very similar territory with all the other dating shows with The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. The couples are spending time together in a beautiful place and they're getting to know each other. Oh, and by the way, we're going to throw in some drama and some conflict by putting all the couples together. My rule of thumb as a TV producer was you get no points for doing it real. You get points for doing it well. And what makes a good TV show? Drama, conflict, you know, attractive people doing interesting things. And that's what the show is becoming now. The characters in the show are super good. They're yeah. really good. And I think that a lot of the show is very real. So don't get me wrong. I just think that the producers are now going to start putting them in situations that make good TV, like the end of the show where they made this mixer. Yeah. You know, Lauren even said, she goes, oh, this is a setup. And I'm like, she knew <laughs> that the producers were trying to bring the couples together to create some friction. Yes, this is no longer experiment land. This is reality TV land. So you know when Vanessa Lachey came out and she started talking to everyone? Yeah. It felt like the cameras were pointing at specific couples like on purpose. They were. When, they were? Yeah, absolutely. When Vanessa was delivering her speech, they were specifically editing shots over certain words she was saying in order to make their point. And this was probably most apparent when she asked the couples... When you go back into the reality of the physical world, will your looks, race, age, and background affect the way you feel about one another? When she's asking this, we're seeing specific shots. So for example, when she said the word looks, we saw a shot of Barnett and Amber. Race, Cameron and Lauren. Age, Mark and Jessica. And background, Damien and Gigi. Yeah, so we're now starting to see some of the storylines that we've been talking about actually track. Yeah, and they're, and they're going to go that way throughout most likely the whole series until something else is more interesting, and then they'll leave that particular storyline. Yeah. And that brings us to the couple whose story we're not going to have to track after this episode, and that's Carlton and Diamond. Uh, that's because in the aftermath of Carlton telling her his big secret about sleeping with men, that led to the fight that basically just pushed them off the show. What bothers me the most about Carlton is he took no accountability at all. You know, he kept saying, you know, I was truthful to you. I was honest with you. I mean, he wasn't. He waited to tell Diamond after they were engaged. And that is a level of betrayal. 
I mean, he doesn't see it, but it is. It's almost like, you know, they say people say, oh, well, I didn't lie. I just withheld information. That's lying. Yeah. That's a level of lying. It's like you're not being transparent and honest. And then he got mad at her for being upset. I know. She was actually probably willing to talk about it. I don't know if she was going to change her mind, but she was open to a, a legitimate discussion the night before in episode three and at this time when they were at the pool as well. And it got ugly. It did. It did. And I felt so bad for Diamond. And in a weird way, I do feel bad for Carlton too, because I feel like I wish he could accept himself fully. So here's the question. When should he have told her? Well, I work with a lot of clients that have, and I'm not saying what this is equal to what Carlton is going through, but some people have struggles about things that they may feel shameful about, like having an STD or being a survivor of abuse or recovering from substance abuse. To me, it takes around three dates for someone to kind of get to know you enough for you to say, okay, is this person that I'm sitting across from is it worth revealing this personal information? So what you're saying is, if you have a background that you're a little nervous about sharing with someone, don't share it right away on the first date. Maybe wait a few dates, right? Yeah, because to me, it's not about hiding the information. It's really about, I'm going to see if I want to reveal this information to you, if you're worth moving forward. Do I see a future with you? Yeah. Because then we're going to have the hard conversations now. Yeah. So he should have told her maybe not in the first day of the pods, but you know, a couple, three days, definitely before he proposed. Yes, of course. You're going to spend the rest of your life with someone. They should know everything about you. And he even brought up the question, if I told you about this, would you even want to have seen me again, much less built a relationship? And she had a fair answer. Yeah, she said, I would like to have the option. Yeah, and that's what this is about. I think it wasn't so much that he didn't have the right to hold this back. I totally agree that he could hold it back. But don't take her all the way to Mexico. Absolutely. So let's move on. Now, all the couples are waking up together in bed. Uh, they keep telling us that the weddings are four weeks away. So we know that that clock is ticking. That's another thing we're going to watch. Uh, let's start with Kenny and Kelly. Well, I still feel like there's pressure from the camera for from Kelly's side. Like she's like purposely kissing him. She says he's a great kisser, but they just do a lot of kissing on camera. <laughs> That's all. Every moment was of them kissing. So it doesn't seem real to you. Doesn't seem real to me for some reason. Kelly had a line that was quite interesting. It kind of stopped me at my tracks. She said, maybe when the day comes, we will get married. And I was like, ah, she used the word maybe. She's not all in. Yeah, she's still a little bit nervous and cautious. And to be fair, she might be going, this is a reality TV show. I know you think that. And I, I agree, but disagree. Because here's what I saw. At the end of the show, you know, when all the couples meet, she meets Cameron and she does an interview at Bite there and she says, he's really hot. So if we had replaced Kenny with Cameron, maybe something different would have sparked with her on camera. Well, if Kenny and Kelly are kind of like halfway in, I think Amber and Barnett are all the way in. Yes. No question. Uh, they make lots of comments about sex. In fact, I think she made a comment about, is it appropriate to put in the prenup that you want sex every day? <laughs> yeah, they're 
connection is undeniable. He says in a few weeks, she's going to be my wife. Not maybe. Not maybe. He said she is going to be my wife. That's the difference in the tone in the conversation between the two couples. But again, you know, they only have a certain amount of time to to tell all these stories. So sometimes you can, I don't want to use the word manipulate, but you can craft stories to get what you want out of it. So there might be some moments where Barnett has some doubt and we're not hearing it. Or maybe Kelly uses the right word perfectly where she says, he'll be my husband. We don't hear it. So basically, you can ask the right questions to make them say whatever they want. Mm, no, uh, you can't necessarily make someone into something they're not. I don't think that's that's not something that's doable. But let's talk about interviews for a second, because one thing people need to know is the OTFs, as we call them, the on the flies, where they're sitting in bed or they're standing on the beach or they're or they're next to the balcony. Those are real moments, very raw, real. You're getting the real answer. When they're in that sit-down interview format with the lights behind them, mm-hmm. a lot of those interviews are done weeks or even months later. What? So what we would do is sit down each of the individual cast members at the very end of the series when everything is shot. We know most of the important scenes. We know the storylines we're tracking. So what we do is we ask them questions that correspond to these scenes and storylines. Pretty simple. And then what we also do is make sure that they answer the questions using the present tense, not the past tense. That way it sounds more like they're in the middle of the scene. They're not talking about something that happened in the past. So this is a part of reality TV that kind of blows. <laughs> it's not really reality. Well, it is because he's not saying things that he wouldn't say. Like he's saying his truth. He's just saying it at a later date. Yeah. Listen to that. I, I'm sorry, but... That totally takes, that's, you know what? That's probably why I stopped watching so much of it. <laughs> yeah. And you all, you, you told me, you would tell me, you're like, this is produced. This is not, this is produced. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel like real to me anymore. Sorry about that. That was not my intention. But uh, for everyone else, if you are interested in trying to pay attention to this, just take a look at their wardrobe during the interviews. If you see that they're wearing the same kind of outfits in episode maybe one, two, three, or four that they are in the latter episodes, seven, eight, nine, and 10, that's almost certainly the wrap up interview. I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about my free ebook, Five Dating Traps to Avoid. It gives you tips to avoid all the traps that make your heart break. So go to amythedatingcoach.com. And that's spelled A-M-I-E, thedatingcoach.com. Uh, Damien and Gigi, they wake up in bed and let's talk about them. Oh, this part was interesting because Gigi's always talking about how strong she is as a woman. And when Damien jumped on her on the bed and he says, you are strong. And he held her arms down and he was on top of her, he says, but I'm stronger. Whoa, I got chills. Oh my gosh. I thought to myself, I was like, this is totally a passive aggressive move. (laughs) Then he picked her up. Yes, he picked her up. And she says, oh, let's see how strong you are. They were joking, but there's a little passive aggressiveness. He's like, I'm a man and you have to remember that. 
I, I'm with you. I think that was awfully like, I'm going to show the audience I'm the man. You know, it's interesting because in the other episode you had said, oh, that's, you know, demasculating and that she proposed to him. And I'm wondering if the producers asked the question, did you feel that way? I guarantee they asked him that. <sighs> that's why he Guaran- probably snuck this in so that he could look more like a man. Everyone knows they're being filmed. So how they come across to the world is also as important in how they come across to their partner. But what we're seeing, I think, is the difference in lifestyle and the difference in background. Yes. And that's a story that we're going to keep tracking. Another interesting thing about Damien and Gigi is in this episode, in an interview, Damien talks about this feels like a fairy tale. It's like being in a movie. Gigi made the exact same comment the night before in on the balcony, it being a fairy tale. You know, and I work with singles. I hear them talk about these fairy tale relationships all the time. And it's almost like they expect somebody to just know what they want. They just expect people to just understand who they are. And that's what love looks like. And that's so not real. And this trap that we fall in because we watch these movies, starting from Disney movies all the way up to like, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey, where the unavailable guy, you know, no matter how much abuse he gives her and mental abuse, she sticks with him and love conquers all and she finally gets him. It's total bullshit. So you think Gigi and Damien, by saying this, are living in the fairy tale? I feel like she has this immaturity when it comes to love, thinking that that may be what love looks like. Yeah, because when you live in a fairy tale, you don't need to look deep and ask lots of questions because you already know the ending. Happily ever after, right? Yeah, I feel like, I'll be honest, I don't know if Gigi isn't asking questions because she is bringing up, she's poignantly listening to, oh, you've never had a massage before? Like she is listening, but I think also that facade of the fairy tale is making her negotiate what she's hearing, going like, I hear there's a red flag, but we're engaged. We're going to make this work. I did find an interesting study in this space. Uh, It was done at a university in Scotland in 2008. And what they did is they studied 40 of the biggest Hollywood romantic comedies released between 1995 and 2005. That was movies like You've Got Mail, The Wedding Planner, While You Were Sleeping. And what they were doing is they were looking for common themes in all these movies. Then they asked the people in the study to describe their beliefs and expectations when it came to relationships. Now here's what they found. The people that were the biggest fans of these romantic comedies, the happily ever after kind of films, these were the people that had the most unrealistic expectations about their relationships. What they theorized was that it's because these people so deeply believed in the one soulmate that will instinctively know them so well that they can almost read their minds. So they don't have to ask the tough questions. That is a huge flaw. Oh my gosh. I will tell you, if you are in a relationship or dating someone and you expect them to read your mind, you're going to ruin your relationship. Okay, we're all born and raised with different values, different viewpoints, and that other person can have a different definition of the word trust or spirituality. You have to be able to communicate and ask them or tell them what you mean. And the biggest downfall I see with couples that, 
you know, get divorced or break up is because they never communicated what they really wanted. They're fearful of being rejected when they speak their truth. Okay, so how do you think these movies come into play with this? In these movies, there's depicting a relationship that love conquers all, even when you don't communicate with each other. And that is a major issue. Well, a couple I feel is not living in a fairy tale or a movie is Lauren and Cameron. Uh, let's talk about them. Yeah, and I loved also there's a scene, you know, they're in this beautiful romantic location and they start talking about some really important issues like their future as a couple getting interracial married, couple interracial couple and yeah. having interracial kids and what it would be like and some of the challenges they might have but i thought it was beautiful because it made us like go okay they're like really talking about the future yeah like important facts and yeah. In detail, they're talking about how Cameron made a comment about how I know that our child will be considered black, not white. I mean, they're not mincing anything. They're like really discussing it and how it could be difficult for them. And and I think they're also laying the table for, are we going to really do this? I mean, I'm sure yes. a part of them are like, this is a serious thing. And if there are any doubts, either way, this is the time to discuss it. Because if somebody gets cold feet, for whatever reason, this is the time to get out. The most important thing that I see, right? We were talking about the study earlier, the person should just read my mind. Cameron and Lauren are not doing that. They're actually saying uh, out loud their concerns to see how each other would react. And they're kind of, not kind of, they're intentionally screening each other through this process to see if their values are the same. And I don't see a lot of the couples doing that. Well, and again, to be fair, we don't get to see everything. There might be moments where Kelly and Kenny talk about these deep things. There might be moments where some of the other couples do as well. And we're just not seeing it because we're tracking certain storylines. With Cameron and Lauren, it's about race. Where with Kenny and Kelly, it's about sex or more precisely not having sex because she doesn't want to have sex with them yet. So this is why when we watch these reality shows, you have to be careful as a viewer not to make too harsh a judgments on everything you see, because there is always stuff you don't see. All right, moving on to Jessica and Mark. When they woke up in bed together, unlike the other couples, they were actually apart, not touching. Three feet apart. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty far apart. I felt like I got the friend vibe from them too. Yeah. And they were just kind of like... Let's put a show on for the camera. But they weren't really into each other. And what I, I forgot what she said. She said something. She said, you don't snore or sweat. We potentially can be in the cuddle zone. Oh, that's so unromantic. By her own admission, she said she's emotionally attached to Mark, but not physically. It's like a brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you think Mark knows? Yeah, I think he knows she's not into him. But this is, again, I think Mark being very relentless and he really he's like i can conquer this i can win you know and he's like i have to i'm on camera i don't want to be rejected live on camera i just think that the camera being there does change that yeah and i think he's saying all the right things on camera but i think when he's alone with his thoughts he's going what's going on here absolutely and i will tell you when we bounce back to the end of the show you know, how she stands next to Barnett. He's like looking and he's drinking a lot because I think he knows 
her chemistry is towards someone like Barnett, not like him. And there's a lot of pressure because mm-hmm. he's starting to see how the couples are intermingling with each other and they're not connecting on that same level. And that is even, yeah, more disappointing to him. Yeah, I think it, at the end of the day, Mark is now trapped in this show. And I think he would love to have Jessica outside of the show so he could, you know, not be in this bubble. I think this bubble is not helping their relationship. Yeah. And that's where I think it's this producing part creates so much drama because realistically as a dating coach, if he had not been on a reality TV show and him and Jessica met outside and he was trying to woo her, I think he would probably eventually get her but now because the pressure is on, they put Barnett in front of her. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm so attracted to Barnett. It's like starting to create the friction, even more friction. So this reality TV part is the, eh, I well, don't like that part. Well, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're going to see what happens because it is the first clearly produced moment in the series. And if there are more of them, it will affect the relationship. So we're going to see, is it an experiment or is it a reality show? And it looks like it's a little of both right yeah, now. Yeah, right now. Well, let's uh, talk about the takeaways. Amy, why don't you give us the top takeaways for episode four? Yes. Okay. Takeaway number one, please, please, please don't live in fairy tales. Live in reality. You know, one of the things I think is so important is to balance your heart with your head. Because look at both Damien and Gigi during this time, they feel like they're in a fairy tale in the movie and they haven't really dug deep and talked about really important issues, kind of like Lauren and Cameron, uh, where they were talking about interracial relationships. You know, these, this is your time when you're meeting someone in the beginning to really hash out the things you're concerned about rather than focusing on all the feel good hormones. Okay. What this will do for you is to help, it'll help you stay pragmatic in the process of dating. And this will help you choose a real partner, not just what we call a boyfriend, but somebody that could be a husband. Takeaway number two, take accountability for your actions and words. We saw Carlton having conversation with Diamond. He never really owned the fact that he waited until after the proposal to reveal his big secret and that he didn't even acknowledge that that was very traumatizing to her and that that hurt her tremendously. Instead, he flipped it and attacked her. And what that does is it shuts her down, Diamond. She felt like she lost trust. So the important thing is if you make a mistake, own your mistake, change your behavior, apologize, and it might actually build trust with the other person again. So no matter how big or small, the mistake is take accountability. Well, that brings us to the end of episode four. As always, thank you all for listening. Yes, thank you. And we want to hear from you. Listen, go to amythedatingcoach.com forward slash podcast and leave your comments and thoughts around this show. Make sure you leave the episode so we know exactly what you're talking about. But we'll see you next week. And remember, if you like the show, give us a five-star review. It really does help. Or hit the subscribe button. All right, until next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.